All right, all right. How you guys doing this morning? You guys ready to have some fun? This is a fun one. This is going to be a fun one. So I will start off by saying there's nothing biblical about that scene whatsoever, but you can't talk about the Goonies without showing Chunk do the truffle shuffle. Amen. Am I right? Oh, yeah, you guys kids, I mean, I'm to shame, but you have to leave. I wish you could stay. I wish you could stay. I will say uh, I don't want to take all the credit for this amazing message that is about to be spoken because my sister and my wife had a huge part in helping me get to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver it to you guys, but it was a group effort. So it's going to be a good time. We're going to have some fun. This movie actually, uh, in, interesting fact that my grandma shared with me this morning, this is actually destiny because this movie was released the same year that Elevate Ministries was started. So a lot of you guys, if, it, can I just see if anybody saw this movie in theaters? Wow. Kudos to you guys. Those are old people, everyone. All right, let's go ahead. Let's play that. Let's play that first scene. Let's play that first one. Here we go. All right. So I kind of want to give you guys a quick backstory about what's kind of happening. Um, this movie, The Goonies, it follows a, a group of friends who are growing up in the goondocks of Astoria in Oregon, okay? And what's happening is all of them are losing their homes. They, the city wants to take down the, the, the goondocks and they wanna build a country club. And so these guys kind of are at a point where there's like, there's nothing that they can do about it. Their parents don't have very good jobs. They're making a bunch of money. They don't, there's no way to save the goondocks. And so they've kind of accepted the fact that this is the way things are gonna be until they come across this awesome, amazing discovery in Mikey Walsh's attic, the, the map to the treasure of One-Eyed Willie. And uh, this scene reminds me of a story my wife was sharing with me out of a book that she had read by Pastor Jensen Franklin, great speaker, great author. And uh, in, the, in the book, he talks about the life about this man who was, a, he was just a basic farmer. He had a, a good life. He worked every day for what he had. He had a nice family, had a home, and uh, he was content with himself until one day he was out hanging out by his fire pit in front of his farm, and a weary traveler came by and he sat down with him and he began to talk to him about this ancient treasure in a distant land. And uh, he was talking about like, if, if someone could find this treasure, if someone get a hold of this treasure, they would be able to buy the whole country. Their family would have wealth for generations to come. And so that night, that farmer went to bed discontent with his life, no longer content with the way he was living and the things that he had. He set out on a voyage to try and discover this ultimate treasure in a distant land. And so he woke up in the morning, he told his family, he's like, I'm going out to find this treasure. I don't know how long it's gonna take, but I'm gonna sell everything, I'm gonna give everything up, and I'm gonna go and search for this treasure so that our family can have wealth for generations to come. So he takes off, leaves everyone, and then his years and years go by, and he's unsuccessful in finding this treasure, and he becomes so discontent with himself, as having sacrificed everything, giving up everything he had, and coming up with nothing, that he takes his own life takes his own life. And so years go by, and the man that had bought that farm takes his camel out to go get some water by a stream. And as he's at the stream, something catches his eye in the water, and he runs his hand through the sand in the stream, and diamonds appeared out of nowhere. And so why do I share this story with you guys? And I want to tell you that when you stop undervaluing where God has placed you, you'll start to see the hidden potential of where you are. You'll start to see the hidden potential of where you are. You could be standing on acres of diamonds. You don't even know it. 
You could, be, you could have the treasure of your dreams, the treasure that your family needs. You could have the answers to your life right in front of you, and you don't even know it. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You could be standing on acres of diamonds, and you don't even know it because you're in search for all that stuff somewhere else. What does the Bible say? What does it say? It says, in thanksgiving. What it, when it says that, what does it mean? It means you already know God's got it for you. You already know that it's available to you. So when you ask for it, you say, God, I thank you in advance for what you've done for me, for what you're going to give to me. God knows what you need. God knows. God has good intentions for you. God wants to bless you. There's acres of diamonds in the job that you're sick of. There's acres of diamonds in the spouse that you're annoyed with. There's acres of diamonds in the children who get on your nerves. There are acres of diamonds in your financial situation. You guys believe that? Quit waiting on someone to just give you a miracle. Quit waiting on someone to just give you an answer and recognize that you're sitting on acres of diamonds and you don't even know it. Stop undervaluing where God has placed you so you can see the hidden potential of where you are. Go ahead and play that next one. All right, so in this scene, they're reading about someone named Chester Copperpot who claimed that he had found the key to the treasure. And what does Mikey do? You can hear it in his voice. You can see it in his expressions. He's like, wow, do you guys realize what we can do? Do you realize what we have? And from the moment he sees the map, all he sees is potential. All he sees is what can change and what he can do and what's available to him. He sees potential. But what's surrounding him with all his friends is doubt, negativity, fear, his older brother, Brand says, ain't nobody never found nothing. His, his friend says, Mount says, if, if, if Chester Copperpot couldn't find it and he was a pro, then how are we going to find it? And Chuck says, I don't want to go on any more of your goony adventures. You know what happens a lot of times? We find ourselves constantly asking God for answers to the situations and the problems that arise in our lives. But God isn't just going to give us an answer. God's not just going to give us an answer. How else would we learn to trust God? if he were to just give us everything we asked for? How else would we learn to trust God if he just fulfilled all our needs when we asked for them? How can we stand firm as believers if we treat God as a crutch? God does not want to be a crutch for your crippled faith. God doesn't want to be a crutch for your crippled faith. A lot of the times we're going to come across something and guess what? All it is going to be for you is potential. And guess what? The enemy is going to surround you with doubt. You say, you can't do it. It's not capable for you. It's not available for you. It's not going to happen for you. And we can sit there and be like, okay, I guess that's not for me. Or we can say, no, what if? What if this is what can change my life? What if this is the opportunity that we've been waiting for? What if? The, God isn't going isn't gonna to give you the answer. Wonder why? Because God is the answer. He's already the answer for you. A lot of times we ask God for the answers, and he's not going to give it to us. Instead, he's going to give us an opportunity. He's going to give us an opportunity to uncover the answer. And as, as believers, as Christians, opportunity is all around us all the time. And instead of engaging in the opportunity, we can sometimes find ourselves taking a step back and saying, well, what if I do? What if I do that? What, what if I make that decision? What, wh how is this going to affect my life? What's in it for me? What, what are you going to do for me, God, if I do this? How is this going to make me look? How is this going to make me feel? And if you're wasting your time asking what if, what if, then you're not going to have the time to experience the full potential that God has for you. 
What if Moses never returned to Egypt? What if David never stepped out on the battlefield to fight Goliath? What if Peter never stepped out of the boat? Your life has a greater effect when you engage in opportunities than when you ask questions. Your life has a greater effect when you engage in opportunities than when you procrastinate and make excuses. The answer to your problems is found in the opportunities. The answer to your struggle is found in the opportunities. The answer to your destiny is found in the opportunities. Stop worrying about what's going to happen to you, what your life will look like, or what's gonna, what it's going to look like down the road, or who's going to be around you. Don't worry about those things. Just trust that God knows what he's doing in the opportunities that he gives you. Don't procrastinate. Don't ask questions. Take advantage of the opportunities. Go ahead and play that next one. How many of you guys believe that the enemy gets mad when you decide to make a decision to, to answer the call, to continue to keep going? He gets frustrated. It pisses him off. And I want you to know that for a lot of us, it's easy to look for a way out when things get hard. It's easy for us to want to quit when things get difficult in our lives, when the seasons become, become struggles. And it's easy to quit when things are scary. It's easy to quit in the struggle. And the truth is, this is something as believers, you're going to experience a lot. You're going to experience struggle. You're going to experience trials. You're going to go through seasons. And guess what? It's, it's going to be really easy to just be like, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to experience that. I, there's going to be seasons in your life where it feels like it's just not worth it to do this. It's not worth it to go through this. It's, I, don't, I don't see the purpose of this. It's easy for us to just quit on it and decide that I'm just going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to do this. It's not worth it to me. And John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. There is nothing that is too much for our God. Amen. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's nothing that we're going to go through or that there's nothing that we have gone through. There's nothing that you're going to go through in the future that God is not capable to overcome. We are constantly being reminded again and again that no matter what we face, we serve a God who is always with us. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Romans 8, 38, for I am convinced neither life nor death, angels or demons, present or the future or any powers, no height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is Christ Jesus our Lord. <laughs> knowing these things, knowing these promises from God, we don't quit. We do not give up. We don't, we don't succumb to the situation when things get hard. We fight. We fight. We, at Elevate Ministries, we never say die. You guys believe that? Because this is our time. It's our calling. It's our time to make a difference in this community, in our generation. It's our time to see the promises of God come to fruition for his people. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. You have been chosen 
for such a time as this. You've been chosen for the times that we've been experiencing in our world. You've been chosen for the situation that you may be experiencing within your family or at your job, wherever it may be, whatever it may be, you have been chosen for that thing. And it's our time to fight for our generation. It's our time to fight for our families. It's our time to fight for our promises. It's our time to see the promises of God come to fruition over our lives. And you look at this group of people, these, the goonies, these kids, they're not just fighting for themselves. They're not just fighting for their homes or for their, fi their families. They're fighting for the whole community of Astoria. They're fighting for everyone. And it's a good thing that you're a part of a community. It's a good thing that you're a part of a community of people who want to fight with you, who want to fight for you, who want to see the promises of God come to fruition over your life, who want to see your purpose work out for the good of everything. You were in, you're in a community of people who are with you till the end. And so what do we do as a community? We don't, we don't quit when things get hard. We don't throw in the towel. We pick up the towel. We wipe the sweat off our brow, we clean the wounds, and we get back to work. We get back to pursuing God, get back to pursuing his calling, because we have been chosen for such a time as this. Go ahead and play that next one. This is the number one relationship in the whole movie, sloth and junk. Everyone looks at this, it's, it's beautiful, is it not? It's beautiful. And so you, you notice that like sloth, they never really show you the kind of person he is in the beginning of the movie. All that you know is that there's this big scary monster looking dude chained up in this room and everyone's afraid of him. Nobody wants to see his face. Nobody wants to know what's going on in there. And so Sloth has kind of been mistreated by his family. You know, there's, there's scenes where they don't feed him and they lock him in this room with the same crappy movies playing all the time. And he's like always yelling and he's mad. And you know what, there's no matter how long someone's been chained up, no matter how long someone's been trapped and locked up, no matter what their life looks like, there's nobody that's not worth saving. There's nobody that doesn't deserve the grace and mercy that comes from God. It's been made available for all people, Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And at Elevate, you all know we believe in the one. We believe in reaching that one person. We celebrate when our community grows one person at a time. We celebrate salvation. We celebrate welcoming people to the family of God. We celebrate because it is visual evidence of us fulfilling the calling that God has put on us as a church. We believe in the one. And there's people out there that need us. There's people out there who have been trapped who have been mistreated, who have been locked up, who have, who have made mistakes, who may not have the kind of life that we're familiar with being a part of. But guess what? They need you. They need you. There's people who are looking for answers in all the wrong places, and it's our job to set them free. It's our job to extend the love, the peace, and the grace that comes from God. People are lost in this darkness, the darkness of sin in this world, and it's our job to be led there to bring them out. We want people to know that in this community, there's people who want to see them win. There's people who want to see them successful. There's people who want to see them fulfill the purpose that God has for their lives. And it's going to take you to bring them in, to go out and get them and bring them in so that they can be welcomed in this community with open arms. People are lost in darkness and it's our job to go into the darkness and get them out. Play that next one. All right, this scene 
holds a special place in my heart because, like Mikey, I also have a thing for kissing older women. <laughs> right, babe? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Mikey's the man. Hey, what I really want to take from this, not that. I did have to share that. But there's a difference for, between wandering in the dark and being led into the dark. Okay. You look at Andy throughout the whole movie. All she wants to do is kiss Brand like a lot of you ladies did back in 1985 when this movie came out. And Josh Brolin was just that hunky older brother, couldn't get his driver's license. You guys like the bad boy. I mean, that's all Andy wants to do. She wants to kiss Brand. And so she comes up with this whole plan, this whole plan for her to make her goals happen. And what happens is what? She makes a mistake. And she kisses the wrong dude, makes a mistake. And a lot of the times, I'm telling you right now, if you try to make your own plans for your life and you find yourself wandering around in the dark, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do some things that you never intended to do. But the difference between being wandering in the dark and being led into the dark is being led into the dark offers serious benefits for you. Being led into the dark has some serious benefits for you. And so what happens is Andy's like, Brand, Brand. She's trying to get Brand to come out so she can her, her master plan can unfold. And what happens is Brand sends his younger brother to see what she wants. And guess what happened? Because he was led into the dark, he reaped some serious benefits. He reaped some serious benefits. Going into what you can't see can have some serious benefits for your life. God leads you into the unknown, and that's about it. That's it. He's going to lead you into the unknown, and that's about it. You want details, but there are none for you. Acts 20, Paul says this, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to happen to me there. What's Paul saying is this, all I know is that God's leading me. I don't know what it's for. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect. All I know is that God is leading me. And this is how it's going to go for all of us. God's going to prompt you, and that's it. Okay, and this is where we find ourselves in this, in this situation. Okay, God, I'll do that. I'll, I'll do that. But give me some details first. I'll take that step once you give me some details, once you give me some information. It reminds me of an old movie that a lot of you people have seen because obviously we have some older people in here, right? Because you saw this movie in theaters. But if you have, is, it, is there anybody here who's seen the movie A Few Good Men? Oh, come on. Now you're all shy because you don't want to sound old. Come on, a few good men. If you've seen that movie, then you know about the scene where someone says, you got to give me the truth. And Jack Nicholson replies, says, you can't handle the truth, right? Well, a lot of us, sometimes you say to God, give me the details. The truth is you can't handle the details. You can't handle the details. God wants to lead you step by step because if he showed you everything, you wouldn't even take the first step. God wants you to take his prompting, take his guidance step by step, so that he can do more in you and then do more through you. You are not ready for the details yet. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to guide my path. His word is a lamp unto our feet, not a spotlight into our future. We plan our course, but God determines our steps. But we hold back from taking those steps because we want certainty. We want clarity. We want to know what's going to happen to us if we do this. We want to know what our life's going to look like if we commit to this. We want to know what we're going to experience if we take this step. Here's some certainty. God will never leave you or forsake you. He will always be with you. He will work in all things to bring out good for your life. 
Now, if you're not living with a little bit of uncertainty, then you're not living by faith. And without faith, it is impossible for us to please God. That's why you have to embrace uncertainty. Embrace the unknown. Embrace what you cannot see. God's going to prompt you, and then he's going to guide you one step at a time. You don't need the details. He will show you the next step. There are hidden benefits in the unknown future of your life, but the only way to know what they are is to walk in the unknown. And that's terrifying, isn't it? But guess what? When you're led into darkness, there's serious benefits for you. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your family. He wants to provide for you. He wants you to have a future beyond your wildest dreams. But if you're not willing to take that, that one step into the unknown, you'll never know what there is for you. And so I'm trying, I want to encourage you guys, don't waste your time wandering into the dark thinking you're going to make a way for yourself. You'll end up just like that man who went and searched for a treasure that he couldn't find. You'll be disappointed. You'll be discouraged. You'll be unsatisfied. But if you're willing to take a step of faith into the darkness of this world, a step of faith into the unknown situations of your life, God's going to give you something that you never thought you would have experienced in your life. There are hidden benefits in the unknown future of your life, but you'll never know what they are until you walk in them. Go ahead and play that next one. <laughs> Sloth to the rescue. Hey, you guys. The most iconic scene in this movie, in my opinion. What I want to share with you guys is this. That throughout, this throughout this whole movie, when they're on this whole journey, this group of people, the Fratellis, this, this, cri this criminal family is, is chasing them. They're after them. And they find out that these guys know where One-Eyed Willie's treasure is. They're on their tail the whole time. And what happens is they, they finally get to One-Eyed Willie's ship. And they're, they're in front of all this treasure. And it's an emotional thing. They're captivated by everything they've accomplished. And while they're, they're stuffing gold and diamonds and stuff into their pockets, one of the guys says, hey, we, don't you guys remember the, the Fratellis? They're still after us. And Brand, the older brother, is like, Who cares? And I'm telling you right now, if you think that just because you got to your treasure that there's still not an enemy that's trying to rob you of it, then you are completely mistaken. When you are on a divine direction pathway to your treasure, expect spiritual opposition. Expect the enemy to try and take it from you. Expect the enemy to attack you. There is an enemy that wants to rob you of your treasure. The enemy is waiting for the one single opportunity for you to get a little bit comfortable for you to get a little bit satisfied, for you to take your eye off the prize and forget about him so he can make his move, so he can trip you up, so he can rob you of what God's promised you. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When you live a life for God, spiritual opposition needs to be expected. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise because even the enemy knows how important what you're doing is. How detrimental it is to his plan. We can't expect to do something incredible for the glory of God without the enemy showing up and trying to attack that. Without the enemy showing up and trying to change everything. If you're not ready to face spiritual opposition for your obedience to God, then you're just not ready to be used by God. We tend to always want things so easy for our lives. We tend to want God to just give us an easy destiny, an easy purpose, an easy gift, easy calling. We want things to be so easy. When things get difficult, we start to think that maybe God just isn't in it with us. If, if my life's this hard, then why would, why would God allow me to go through this? We start to think that maybe God's just not in our situation because we're experiencing some, some spiritual opposition. 
And this is a common challenge for some people. For us as believers, they get in the middle of a storm or a tough season and they start to wonder about God. Life isn't going the way I thought it should. It's not going the way that I wanted it to. I wish this wasn't happening to me. Why is this happening? If God was with me, this, this wouldn't be happening. You wouldn't allow this to happen. If God were with me, this wouldn't be happening. I don't understand why God is okay with this happening to me. I prayed for one thing and I'm getting the opposite, so God just must not be with me. If God were good, this wouldn't happen. If God were powerful, this wouldn't happen. I don't believe God is with me, but I want to tell you this. Never let the presence of a season cause you to doubt the presence of God. Don't let the presence of a storm or a struggle cause you to doubt the presence of God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The most times, spiritual opposition is actually an indication that God is in on what you're doing. The enemy wouldn't attack somebody who isn't a threat. You are a threat. When you walk in the purpose of God, you are a threat. You cause problems for the enemy. You disrupt his plans. It is our duty to take the difficult steps to make sure the enemy is having a more difficult time trying to accomplish his mission. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. It's an opposition where God has an opportunity to show you his faithfulness. It's an opposition where God can come through and God always comes through for his people. He always comes through at the right time. Psalms 31, 14 through 16. But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant and save me in your unfailing love. At the right time, God will provide your need. At the right time, God will deliver you. At the right time, God will rescue you. But you have to stay committed to the call, committed to the purpose that God has for you your life. Go into the darkness. Go against struggle. Go against spiritual opposition and trust that God knows what he's doing. God wants to shape you. He wants to mold you and form you into something that is unstoppable to achieve his goals. But we're going to have to face some spiritual opposition to become that person. God always comes through for his people. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I'm going to play that last one. There's only one difference between Chester Copperpot and the Goonies. Community. Community. Community is the only thing that separated those two. Same journey, same goal, community. The difference between Chester Copperpot and the Goonies was community. Chester Copperpot had everything that he could have ever imagined, everything that he could have ever wanted, right at his fingertips. He had found the key. He had it. It was, it was available to him, but he didn't have anybody to share it with. He had nobody to help him along the way. He had nobody to help him achieve his goal. Nobody to help him in the opportunity that he had. And so what happened is he ended up alone in a cave and so did his treasure. Died with him. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their, for their toll. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another lift him up. We're not meant to go through this stuff by ourselves. We're not meant to try and achieve our own goals by ourselves. We're not meant to go through life by ourselves. We're not meant to do life alone, church. We need each other. 
We need each other. We all have common goals, and guess what? In community, everyone wants to see you accomplish those goals. Yeah. Everyone's gonna fight with you to see those goals come to fruition. Everyone's gonna fight with you to see you successful, to see you win. But if you try and do it by yourself, you're gonna fall, and there's gonna be no one there to pick you up. There's gonna be no one there to help you. Each character in this movie, each one of the Goonies, throughout the, their journey that they were on, each person played a specific role into getting to that final destination. Each person was equally valuable and equally responsible for the work that was put in to make an impact. We've all been given gifts. We've all been given skills. We've all been given opportunities. And guess what? In order for us to accomplish our goal as a church, every single one of you needs to be involved. Every single one of you needs to use your skills to help us accomplish it because we are equally responsible for seeing the goals that we have as a church come to fruition. And we're equally responsible if those goals don't come to fruition. We're equally responsible. If you're not doing what God's called you to do and you're just here filling a seat, you're not doing much. You're not doing much. There's so much more that God has planned for you. There's so much more that God wants to do with your life. And maybe you're in your seat because you find yourself looking into that darkness and you're like, I don't know if I wanna go do that. I don't know if I want to walk in the unknown. I don't know if I want to make those decisions. But we're on a mission and we need every single one of these, one of you guys to be, to be a part of it. We need everyone to accomplish this mission. The church needs you just as much as you need everyone. The church needs you just as much as you need everyone. I like to think about the relationship and why it's so beautiful, you know, with Chunk and Sloth is... Chunk is like, or Sloth is like a new convert. But what happens in the end? That Sloth is used to save everybody. There's gonna be things that you experience in your life that somebody in this community has already experienced. There's gonna be stuff that you go through that somebody else already knows how to get out of it. There's gonna be things that you go through that because you're in community, you're gonna be able to get through it because your community's gone through it. The church needs you to accomplish its mission. And you need everyone in the church to help you accomplish yours. Because this community wants to see you win. Community wants to see you successful. It wants to see the purpose God has for your life blow up. It wants, it wants you to be more successful than you could have ever imagined. Because guess what, when we try to do things by ourselves, when we wander in the dark, when we make plans for ourselves and we abandon what God's called us to do, you're never gonna get there. But when you stay committed to the dark, unknown areas of your life and say, you know what, God, your lamp, you're, 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 you are a lamp to guide my feet. You're not a spotlight into my future and I can't handle what you've got planned for me, but I know it's greater than anything I could plan for myself. So I'm going to trust you one step at a time, one step at a time. I was wondering if we could, as a community, if we could all stand to our feet. And I just want to go over a few things that I shared. First thing is this, when as this is all pertains to our community. When you stop undervaluing where God has placed you, you will start to see the hidden potential of where you are. You can find yourself in, your, in this community sometimes feeling like your gifts are useful, feeling like you just don't know what you're meant to do. I'm telling you right now, if you can stay committed to it, you stay committed to that gift, God will use it to do things that you could have never imagined. Your life has a greater effect when you engage in opportunities than when you procrastinate or make excuses. In this community, we engage in opportunities. Opportunities are like doors. What happens to doors is they close. 
We take advantage of every opportunity that God places before us because we know there's an outcome. There's an outcome to us taking advantage of that opportunity. We understand that God's plan for our church, we have a goal as a church. There's things that we want to see done, but God's plan is greater. So what are we going to do? We're going to take one step at a time, one step of faith. We went through seasons of unknown stuff, stuff where we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what the outcome was going to be for our church or for our community, but we just took one step at a time, and God was faithful. You guys believe that? If you're not ready to face spiritual opposition for your obedience to God, then you're not ready to be used by God. And we need everyone to be ready to be used by God. Expect spiritual opposition. That should give you some confidence knowing that you are such a threat to the enemy that he wants to attack you, he wants to rob you, but you, you are so valuable. There's so much that you are capable of doing that the enemy, it, it blows his mind. And if we can stay committed, we're gonna destroy him. We're gonna destroy him. There's nothing he can do to stop us. And the church needs you just as much as you need everyone. I, I wonder if we could just, we can bow our heads and close our eyes. I just wonder if maybe there's someone in here who says, you know what, I've been living my life without a community. I've been trying to do things myself. I've been trying to make decisions for myself and I always find myself in the same place alone. I find myself lying by myself alone and discouraged and discontent with my life. And I, I realize now that it's because I'm trying, I keep trying to do it by myself, but I need people. You need people to encourage you, to love you, to uplift you, to guide you, to help you, to stand with you, to pick you up when you go down. You need those people. So if I, I wonder in this room, if there's anybody in here who said, you know, what? I want to be a part of that community. I want to be a part of that community. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. If there's just one person in here, you can say, you know what, I want to be a part of a community that wants the same goals for me, that wants to see my purpose work out for the good of the glory of God. People who want to see me successful, if that's you, just raise your hand. We want to welcome you into this community. We want to welcome you into this community. We want to see God do something amazing in your life. If there's anybody in here, nobody's looking around, front to back, left to right, all over the building, if there's anybody in here that says, I want to see, I want to be a part of a community that wants the best for me. I want to be a part of a community. Amen. Well, then one thing I want to do is, is I want to, I want you to know this. I, we, we want to see this community continue to grow. And I believe that it's going to start with the people in the families of the people of this community. And so if there's anybody in here that can put up a hand and say, you know what, I have, I have family that needs salvation. I have family, I have, there's someone in my family that I need, I need to be touched by God. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. I know there's plenty of people in here who have family members that need to be saved. So what I wanna do, if we're gonna see this community grow, then guess what you need to do? You have an opportunity every single day to reach out to that person. You have an opportunity every single day to be a witness to that family member. So what I wanna do is I wanna contend to the Spirit of God that we're gonna take advantage of those opportunities and we're gonna see this community grow one person at a time, one family at a time. And people, we're gonna see this massive growth because of us taking the opportunity that God's put in front of us and taking action. So if any, can we just come to the altar? I think there's something we need to contend for as a family. We all need to pray for this together. This, we're one big family, one community. So Lord, Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that we thank you so much for the opportunity to just be here, Lord God, for the opportunity to hear your word, for the opportunity to grow within our spirits, Lord God. And I pray right now 
that we wouldn't neglect or ask questions about the opportunities that come and approach us every single day, Lord God, but that we would take advantage of them. We would pursue them, Lord God. I'm believing for salvations in the families of the people of this building, Lord God, for the families of the people in our community, that it will grow one family member at a time, that salvation will be made available to them through us, Lord God. Use us to speak life, Lord God. Use us to speak the love, Lord God, to extend the peace, the mercy, the grace that comes from you, Lord God, that resides in us. Let us be an example to people who need to hear from you, Lord God, that need to feel your love, Lord God, that need to hear your purpose for their life, Lord God. Use us, Lord God. We're gonna, we're willing to step into the unknown areas of our life, willing to step out in darkness because we've been led by you, Lord God, to make a difference in this community, to make a difference in our families, to make a difference in our workplaces, Lord God, to make a difference in our homes, Lord God. Use us, Lord God, to speak into the lives of every single person that we come in contact with because we know in our hearts that there's nobody that is not worth saving. There's no one that's not worth testifying to. There's nobody that is unworthy of your grace and your love, Lord God. So let us be those branches. Let us extend our hearts, Lord God, to grow this community, to build it one person at a time. Lord, we love you. We worship you. Do what you're going to do, Lord God, and use us. In your name we pray. Amen. Oh, come on. Sing it out this morning.